is a pre-recorded version of the WTK Roundtable on WTK, unsurprisingly, 9 o'clock Thursdays. It is recorded, though, so if you call in, nobody will answer you. Two thirds of the round table. Uh, where's Where's Craig this week? Uh, he's He's on got a plane. A mediate or something, or I don't I don't know. He's okay. on a plane, lawyering or something. Plane. All right. So we have Brian Cook from Go Vlog. Brian, how are you? How are you this morning? I, I miss Craig. You miss Craig already? Yeah. No, you don't. I do. I miss okay. Craig. This is This would be. I can't believe that. You know, this actually might be the only thing that you guys disagree on today. Uh, because I, I, I swear, and we have Ed Fang from the Power Rank. What's up? Here, I just knew that I was going to be in these guys, be in their wheelhouse. I was like, man, they're going to be like, Sam, thank you for bringing this up. This is a this is a good thing to talk about. There's a big soccer match coming over. At least I thought there was a big soccer match coming over to the big house. And these guys says, what are you talking about, Sam? What are you ta- I'm not going to that. I mean, it seems like it's, it's like the Michigan Ohio State of soccer, right? Oh no, no. Well, yeah, no, no, if no. they're playing a preseason game, that's uh, I don't want to go spend fifty bucks to watch some guys jog around and not really care. Eh, not, not my thing. Really? Was, yeah, it, was yeah. it like that the last the last couple of times? It, it's it's always like this, and you have to you have to remember it's it's a World Cup year, so a lot of their top guys are not going to be playing because they're going to you know have seven games over the summer and they're going to try to rest them in the preseason. It it is a it, I mean it's a it's a friendly it's a preseason game I mean so they won't they won't be compelled to play their no. well, to play their guy it's like I mean, if you put like a Lions Steelers preseason game in London which I bet they have but like if I'm in London I'm not going to go see that that's stupid it's a it's a preseason <laughs> you, game. you guys are killing me what you guys are killing me right now the one time I talk some soccer and you're <laughs> peeing in my Cheerios you, it, no I, are you going. No, it's not like I mean, it's not like you're jacked up to go see Man well, United in Liverpool. But I'm gonna be working though. I'm gonna be out of the oh, state. You're be working. I'm gonna be out of the state <laughs> at the time. What are you? Wait, what, what are you, you doing? doing? It's August. It's. I thought it was in July. It's in July, yeah. Late July, but late, late July. Yeah, it's, man, it's, there's, there's still. What's in July? There's still coverage things in July. There's oh, still, you're just you're something'll come still, up. So still I can't coverage, go. There's still basketball <laughs> things in July. That we cover. They're gonna so, move right, right. Spice to whatever that day is. <laughs> well, Spice is always in early. Well, well I don't know. I go to is always always in early May, but yeah, July is the last part of the of the AAU season. Oh, so, so you're gonna prioritize that? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I'm not gonna. Like, I'm not gonna cancel. Sure. And then you also have <laughs> this cancel the thing that you don't know what it is. <laughs> Big Ten media days are around that time as well. That's true. So, Very true. You know, got that window open. But I mean, I'm you're educating me. I had no idea. Uh, we're also getting educated to get into football, getting educated on the ins and outs of of the appeals process with the NCAA. So I'm curious, what what if anything did you guys make? I'm, do, you, do you agree with Tom Myers, uh, Shay's attorney, that this this latest response from the uh, from Ole Miss, which by the way, I actually have for you if you haven't reviewed oh, it. Oh, if you haven't reviewed it. Paper. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he takes that as a concession of sorts. While, while they have not rescinded, they did not, you know, go back on, they actually probably, you could say, in a saving face kind of effort, 
doubled down on their initial uh, objection to Shay's appeal. They did not issue <clears throat> further objection based on his response to the two questions that the NCAA came back with. So basically, uh, you know, Ole Miss, they objected. Uh, the NCAA came back to Michigan and Shea say, well, we have some a couple of questions based on on the objection. Shea issues a he sends a nine page single space response back to the NCAA. The NCAA reviews this response and says, OK, well, we need to send this back to Ole Miss to get their response to this. And Ole Miss basically says, well, why, you know, why are you even sending this to us? There's nothing materially different. If I'm in, first of all, if I'm an NCAA, I look at that and say, well, wait a minute, I wouldn't have sent it to you if there was nothing materially different. Sure. Here. Yeah. So I, I would take that as a slight. But the fact that they didn't respond to uh, to anything Shay had to say, do you like Mars take that as a bit of a concession? Um, uh, <laughs> it's always hard to tell with the NCAA, but you know, given the fact that there are going to be uh, five or six more of these cases saying the exact same thing. Um, some of them might go harder in the paint, paint in Michigan submission. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, I think Shay, so, so <laughs> just to speak to what you're saying, the, the sense I got in, in talking to people that are very familiar with his, his two page statement and in the initial mm-hmm. um, submission and this nine page Reply that he just sent that he he didn't pull any punches. There were there was there was no collegial sort of uh, okay. treatment of of Ole Miss this time around. And and that's the one that they didn't like respond to. Right, right? that's so, the yeah. one they didn't respond to. I I mean I've been optimistic that he's going to be able to get immediate eligibility, and I I still feel like that. Um, it's going to be pretty tough for the NCAA not to to give all those guys kind of blanket eligibility just because they're all going to have the same story. It is a pretty egregious um, uh, pattern of dishonesty that made the media that showed up in a, a lawsuit and like there was discovery in the lawsuit and they lost that lawsuit and they apologized to Houston about the things that they were saying about the things they were telling the recruits. And that's something that usually the NCAA doesn't get, right? They don't get, Mm-hmm. discovery right so if if they were to not offer immediate eligibility in this case they really can't offer it to anyone for any sort of deceit from from the institution itself i i'd be surprised if it wasn't the case it's obviously huge for michigan it's huge right uh, well you, joe milton's gonna <laughs> who, I, I know i didn't say that you I know didn't I didn't say, say that. that well you've been beating the drum a little bit oh uh, yeah but i well i've been I've been admitting that maybe I miscalculated in in how quickly I I was always of the mind that it was going to be a couple of years before Joe Milton was ready to seriously compete for anything it's here. Still, still, still the likely case. Right? It's still the it's still the likely case, but let's say for the sake of argument that that Shea's eligible and he's a one and done and he's a one and done guy. Hmm. I could see which you know I think ideally yeah, he nice. for for him he would be. Uh, you know, I think if everything works out according to his plan, he's a one and done guy. Um, At what? Well, six foot. If everything goes according to plan, I, I, I it is my I, I strong think, gut feeling that he is a one and done guy. Well, okay. I, I mean, I think that would be great for Michigan football to get one year where you're going to get a first round NFL draft pick. Brian, I mean, you watched the tape at Ole Miss. That was not the impression I got from. No, what he, you he's, said. he's Tate Forcier. 
if he if he's if he's not a one and done guy, then you know then no. Uh, but if let's say let's say he's eligible, let's say he wins the job, let's say he's one and done. Based on the way that Joe Milton is progressing, if he continues on this track at this pace, I could see him competing. I could I, see him. I could see him competing next year. I'll tell you what, though, he's he's the new Taco Charlton. He's the guy who gets off the bus first. Other than Jerson Gary, he gets off the bus. <laughs> yeah, he gets he, off the bus second. Yeah, he's. Uh, he, he, I mean, you're like that's a that's an early enrolled freshman. There's no way. Yeah. So I, you know, I guess you know they and they, you know, folks. His trainer down in in Florida that I talked to have been saying that I've been poo-pooing it. He's like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, Sam. Uh, the coaches were, were beating the drum. And, yeah, obviously they know more football than I'll ever – they'll for, they've forgotten more football than I'll ever know. But I was kind of like, ah, you know, it's, can't see him being right ready in a year. So it's a but, lot big ask. Yeah, but I tell you what, with the way that he's coming along, I could actually see it – see him being ready to compete uh, next year. I'm, I'm certainly not one of those people that think, oh, he's – Right now, throw him out. No, I'm not. Not certainly not saying that. But he's. I think he's going to be ready to compete earlier than than I expected, based on the way he's come in here. Well, All I right. mean, and, and I feel like quarterbacks are just developing earlier. I mean, we're seeing true freshmen across the country making contributions, and and uh, you know, I mean, I think these kids are just getting more coaching earlier in their lives, and they don't need to wait. That might not apply to Joe Milton. Joe Milton does not have a quarterback guru, because uh, he's not. You know, Wilton Spate. He's not one of those guys who's, you know, been going to Steve Clarkson. Steve Clarkson for for Shady years. too. Yeah, yeah. So he's coming from a different socioeconomic perspective. So if he's already um, kind of in the running as a competitor, that's actually pretty good. Sure. Next year. Next year. That's yeah. what I mean. But because so, he's uh, not as close to his ceiling as a lot of other. Quarterbacks. Well, you know, I kind of one of the things that I, I think could expedite the process too is it, if they really um, in, in, incorporate RPO to the to the level. Yeah, that's definitely a believe it when I see it kind of because you got to be in the gun for RPO to work. Like, yeah, there's and, no under center RPO. And I, I felt like <clears throat> you know I, I guess when I when I initially heard it, I kind of thought that it would be something that was. I don't want to get too specific. I, I thought it'd be more prevalent regardless of who was right, pre- and that you know I, I just haven't gotten the the impression that that's the the case. But assuming for the sake of argument that some of that that's in there, that that is something that kind of expedite the process. It's kind of to me, it's kind of like beeline with point guards. It was amazingly tough for those guys to do anything of note their first year of the program, first year and a half in the program. Then he started going to more ball screen, more pick and roll, you know, some, some things that are more like what they come from. And they still suck in their first year, but but no, but they, but they, but they were able, <laughs> they, didn't. Well, they were well. able to, to <clears throat> con- contribute sooner. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like, you know, what they're doing now, if, if they continue it, if they expand it, well, it's also that could be one of those that, things that could could help that quickening process. You know, any any quarterback coming out of high school these days is going to have a bunch of RPO. Exactly, that's my point. Run. Exactly. Yeah. So when you know Alabama brings Tua on the field in the national title game, what do they do? They run like six straight RPOs and they get a touchdown. And it's like You're right. Oh, well. That's my point exactly. My so, point exactly. I mean, it's it's more that's more of a down the road thing. I yeah. should derail from the exciting prospect of. Next year's football team, <laughs> right? It At is all it, spots except. Well, you tackle. brought up Joe Milton. I was talking about. I know. Shea. I you know. You know. 
I, I, I apologize. I've, I've derailed us. Yeah, but we got to get to a break. It is 9.23 on a Thursday. So um, we didn't get a chance to see Michigan's, uh, you know, spring exhibition. Uh, but I'm sure you guys have heard a few things if uh, we can get into that on the other side. But we there are uh, there were other spring games that were broadcast. Curious if you caught any of them and want to get no. your well, <laughs> at, the very, at the very least want to get your your view of the, of the Big Ten heading into next year. Okay. We can at least do that. We got to get to a break back on the other side here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTKA the ticket. We are back, folks, here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTKA online at WTKA.com. We're live here inside the MDN studio. So the Big Ten landscape, guys, uh, you know, Michigan has a very, very tough schedule. <laughs> you know, I haven't looked at schedule uh, strength across the country, but Michigan has to have one of the toughest Schedules. Uh, people have made rankings like this, and yes, Michigan has the toughest schedule in the nation next year. I mean, you know, fortunately for them, this should be a down year for Nebraska. But you get you get Nebraska and, as, and Wisconsin as two of your crossovers. You got to go to Northwestern. It's like what the heck, man? Oh, oh, to Northwestern can't is, scare you. Nebraska, that's a home game, man. I've been there for that. <laughs> I mean, I gotta think Frost is gonna <sighs> clean some house at Nebraska in his first year. Well, my, my, my point, I guess my, my point is if you're getting on balance, if you're getting crossover games, you get Nebraska, Wisconsin, and then you go, you're right in when you say that Northwestern is a, is a home game, but they, Northwestern is freaking, for some reason, tough in, in Evanston. Oh, well, man, yeah, come I mean, on, they're, Sam. Well, I mean, I've, Northwestern, seriously? I've been to a couple of those games. <laughs> Uh, and they played Michigan tough. And, 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 and oh, don't worry, man. Roy no. Roundtree is back. He is. So Michigan will be down six uh, late in that game. And then uh, the quarterback will throw it up, and Roy Roundtree will ha- make a <laughs> Northwestern safety bat it directly to one of his charges hey man, for a how, touchdown. That's how those games have gone. That's they, how it goes. They have been – They have. you've had to sweat out the games. My point is – and um, you know, I've been Northwestern, been Evanston plenty of times, and Michigan's had to sweat out games there for some freaking reason. Well, it's because they're they're they were bad at football right. usually. <laughs> even when they were, even when they weren't bad. Yeah, but they when, were they uh, were sweating out. I mean, what was the? Uh, why am I bringing this up? You know yeah. where I'm gonna go with the with the A train game. Oh yeah, but that was there. like. Twenty years ago now. My 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 point is. Oh, that's disgusting. You <laughs> go you go to Evanston. That game is seventeen years old. You go to Evanston and it's like, what the heck happens to Michigan and Evanston? Yeah, I, I feel like Northwestern's up. defense is going to regress pretty strong well, this so, year. But like, they'll be fine. The last few times, the question has just been like, oh, it's Brady Hoke coaching this team. That's why. Right, and then well, we haven't and, played them well, since you, Harbaugh. And you remember the game right. where uh, Gardner threw like four picks and they each got dropped. Oh yeah, that, that yeah, that went to overtime. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, across the Big Ten, give me give me your thoughts on 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 the East West your your uh, your breakdown. Well, uh, really looking for Purdue to break out. I'm not I'm serious about that. They have a good coach. They're in their second year. Um, I don't think they're going to be division champions or anything, but they could be a nine and three team. Um, you know, wow. they, they, that would be huge for them. Yeah, and I, huge. I I think that you I know, mean they're only looking up at Wisconsin out there, so so yeah, I mean they they have a, a pretty decent schedule, and I really believe in Jeff Brom. I think they'll probably settle on a quarterback. I think Blau's back, right? Um, I think and then, so. And then they have Sindelar. So you know, I think I think they'll take a big step forward. Uh, it's probably going to take another year for for Frost. 
Uh, but he's the best case scenario for, for Nebraska. And I think that you could see them actually become not the Nebraska of old, but they should be up there with Wisconsin in that division and actually give that division a couple of teams that people are like, all right, yeah. They're How good. good is Wisconsin going to be this year? <clears throat> I mean, yeah, you never know. I mean, you do know that they're going to have their infinite pile of linebackers. Um, I think one of the hoodie guys is gone, and the other one's back. I think Tim you got, is gone. You got Hornibrook back, back at quarterback, and I was actually in some of the throws he made last year. He he did he wasn't consistent, right? But well, he, he made throws. Well, he, he he made some big throws. So my operative theory of Hornibrook is that he's really really good at fitting it into tight windows. And he does it way too often. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> right. That's why you know when Michigan like played that. them, they they were in third and long repeatedly, and he would just drop dimes on people and convert. And I was like, yeah. And but that was why he had the most interceptions in the league is because mm-hmm. he was he was missing those every once in a while, and then there was great coverage. So, you know, they get Quintez Cephas back, but I think they're gonna still kind of have that trouble where they can't separate very well. Uh, and Hornerbrook is is gonna get better. Um, it's all about how many interceptions he throws, and that's often up to luck. So, I, uh, you know, they could be like a, a plus plus version of Wisconsin, where they're actually kind of vaguely in the national picture, or they could be just kind of like typical, like ten and two. We're pretty good. We're going to win this division and then get obliterated in the championship game, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll, you know, look pretty similar to to last year. Um, you know, I mean. I, <clears throat> You kind of trust what they do on the defensive side of the football. And then, you know, they'll put together enough offense to, you know, win all their West games most likely. Yeah, the other thing is, like, Jim Leonard was their first-year defensive coordinator last year. Didn't really matter uh, in terms of their performance, but, you know, whatever they lose from graduation, I think you're going to see them be better able to maintain because they're going to be in the same system for the umpteenth consecutive year. But also, like, Leonard should get better. And he was already pretty good in his first year. So, you know, I, you know, Wisconsin will be Wisconsin until the end of the world. All right. So the East. Uh, well, I mean, I'm most interested to see what Penn State does, right? I mean, they've had, they've had two pretty strong years under James Franklin. We were dogging this guy about two and a half years ago. Right. So can so. they can they keep that up? I mean, obviously McSorley's back, and th- that offense looks good. Um, we're gonna but, right. I mean, can they... he can he make the transition from like one two year wonder to? You know, like a legit power. What is? Well, what are your thoughts? So let's let's start stop there for a second. What do you think of McSorley? You thought he was McSorley was just like like a luck guy, didn't you? Well, in some, yes, and I I kind of still do just because um, they relied so heavily on, on bombing it downfield and having like you remember that Ohio State game where they had like the simultaneous catch that they overturned mm-hmm. into a Penn State touchdown. Like that's kind of <laughs> they do that a lot. Right. Um, and now that the Gesicki is gone, like. The main advantages on those jump balls is also gone. Mm-hmm. So um, he's a good quarterback. I take him all day, but I do think that a large part of their offensive explosiveness has been like barely scraping out those fifty-fifty balls uh, mm-hmm. and and being able well, to, and being and able we, to throw it to Saquon, hand it and throw it to Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And you know, Miles Sanders is a five-star, but he's not Saquon Barkley. And you know, from what we've seen of him, they're gonna take a step back there. Uh, and then they lost Joe Moorhead. So he's the right. coach at Mississippi State. That's, you know, I thought Joe Moorhead was pretty good. So it'll, it'll be an interesting transition year. I think that that's kind of the case for everybody in the division. You've got uh, Ohio State breaking a new quarterback for the first time in 25 years. 
Um, that'll, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're still going to be good, but they're, you know, there's always questions that come up there. They don't really seem right. to have a clear leader there. Anyway, um, he was. He was. Um, you have Michigan well, and State. And with varying success, uh, too, which was the most interesting part of that whole thing. Right? I mean, he almost won the Heisman as a freshman mm-hmm. and never reached that level again on a consistent basis. Well, you know, he... Uh, he had his limitations, uh, right. and he was also working with, you know, receivers coached by the dumbest wide receiver coach in the country. So it's it's kind of a rough go. <laughs> Zone six. Um, and Michigan State, you know, you, who knows what's going to happen with Michigan State? Yeah, I mean, I'm really wondering if we saw, you know, the bad variance two years ago and just really good variance on the defensive side of the ball for them. Because when we came into last season, not thinking they had any talent. On that side of the ball, but minus a couple of their linemen, they, they, they're supposed to be getting Reschke back, right? Yeah, well, that's always a good idea to put a guy who is a major reason that your uh, team fell apart in a three and nine season back on the team. That's that'll be good. <laughs> well, I mean, was he the real reason, or was it just? It didn't help. <laughs> it certainly didn't help. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they say he dropped an M bomb. Uh, <clears throat> Allegedly, they never. There never yeah. was uh, any. Uh, you know, I've never saw it there was a, attributed to anyone specifically up there what exact, exactly happened, but allegedly. Yeah, girlfriend issues. And and he dropped an N-bomb on a, a teammate. teammate. Yeah. Mm. So, got to get that guy back. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think they'll be better on the offensive side of the ball with Lewerke. I mean, I think he progressed pretty well over the course of the last season. Good runner, improved his passing, so... I mean, I don't know what kind of help he's going to have on that side of the ball. I mean, they lost L.J. Scott, so that's, I mean, he always kind of seemed like he was about to be a breakout player and never really did, but he's had the most physical potential of all their backs. They were really young at receiver last year, so they should get significantly better there like Michigan. And then their their defense, it's like, uh, I still don't think they have a lot of talent there. Right, I exactly. Mean, that's the thing. Like, they really outperformed their talent level. I mean, At least did, I feel like. I guess I. What happened to L.J. Scott? Did L.J. Scott not enter the draft? I didn't know L.J. Scott didn't enter the draft. I didn't. Oh. Yeah, I didn't. I hadn't heard he entered. entered I the think draft. I had just assumed for years that he was three and out, no matter what. No, I, I and mean, it didn't happen. If he has, okay. I hadn't seen that. Never so. mind. Uh, they yeah, get L.J. Scott back, and he's a, a quality back who never seems to get the majority. I think. Of the I think Madre London transferred. Okay. So they did lose part of their. I think he's doing like his fifth year. He was just a guy, though. Somewhere else. But, I mean, he was – when they – put it this way. There was a point in the season last year where they were like, L.J. Scott can't hold on to the football. Yes. <laughs> you know, we, yeah, got, we can't we can't trust him. We can't well, rely on him. Let's give the ball to Madre London. Right. And so, um, yeah, grad transfer. So he's a grad transfer. Okay. And L.J. Scott, I haven't seen – I guess he's back because he can't hold on to the ball. <laughs> But you're right. He, I mean, the guy is a, a big time talent. If he can, if he, he put if he holds it, can't on put his ball. head together. So there he is. Uh, I don't know if they have any other options now. So you know, you stink or swim with the guy, and a lot of times that's that's freeing for a player when you can't when you can't sub him out. Uh, he knows he's going to get carries <laughs> no matter what. So I'm sure you know, they we'll re- see. They've recruited some guys. I imagine. What do you guys think about Maryland? If they uh, don't if, have a couple of quarterbacks get they'll hurt. It'll be interesting until all of the quarterbacks die in, in game three, and then they'll suck. Wait, they're going to make it to game three? I, well, you know, they made it to game three last year with at least one. Actually, of they don't make one, it to the one, conference one. play. They make it through non-conference play. <clears throat> right. Yeah. All right. We shall see how it shakes out. What about Rutgers? Oh, wait. <laughs> we, just kidding. We know. And what about Maryland? We just talked about Maryland. They're going to be interesting until all the quarterbacks explode. 
Maybe you, but there's still going to be a major line. They have major defensive issues okay. still. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Don't you guys find it funny that defensive coaches struggle to find defensive guys sometimes, and offensive coaches struggle to find offensive guys sometimes? Maryland's got DJ is a defensive guy, mm-hmm. and he can't seem to get the defense quite right. And the offense is healthy quarterbacks away from at least being pretty competent. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, you can do that when you are willing to run your quarterback a lot. Um, and the thing about Maryland is they seem to have a pretty good plan B, but they didn't get to stick with plan B last year, which is just terrible luck. Yeah, I mean, I still remember them in the, I think it was the, oh, was it the opener, Ira, they went down to Texas? And oh, won? yeah, they whooped them. Yeah. Like, man. And that was, that, that, de- that Texas defense wasn't bad over the course of the season. But well, they that got... Maryland offense was good. But as we've alluded to, it was the first game of the year, and they don't have an offense by game four when their quarterbacks are all well, they in had the that, hospital. They had that freshman who was pretty highly touted who looked good. And then he goes out too. I'm like, oh, now it's linebackers named Bortenschlager or whatever. And that they have done. They have Wait, played linebackers at quarterback on more than one occasion. Was he the Air Force transfer or was that someone else? No, someone they, else, the right? Air Force transfer was uh, a walk on that played too. Oh, that's right. right. He played yeah. Don't forget Michigan. the five foot, barely taller than me and Sam uh, walk on from Air Force that played. Yeah, they're, when you're on your like 17th quarterback, you got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> got to get to a break. Back on the other side with more MGO Blog Roundtable here. On the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050, WTKA, the ticket. Uh, you know, Craig Ross, when he signed off last week, he, he wanted to talk some basketball. Yeah, he could do a full hour, he said. <laughs> I could do a full hour because I, I mentioned in passing, hey, you know, I might have been as wrong in my projection about Colin Castleton as it looks like I'm going to be with, with Joe Milton when it comes to how long it'll take them to be ready to uh, contribute yeah. with, with Joe Milton. Said, ah, I think it's going to be a couple of years before he's ready to seriously uh, compete. Uh, might be sooner than that. Uh, if, for instance, Shea is a one and done on the Colin Castleton side, he is. I mean, the 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 piece of his game that we saw when he committed, he's he's Mo Wagner that block shots. I mean, length. Uh, he can shoot it. He can put it on the floor. He has that skill set. Uh, he comes with some swag. He'll. But then he brings some defense to the the equation. But he was thin. Yes. And I mean, he was really thin. He was Karis. <laughs> right. He was Karis thin. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, you know, he had a really good senior year. Uh, he's gotten bigger. He has by no means been Camp San- Sandersoned. He will be soon. He doesn't look alarming anymore. There was, you know, occasionally you get on YouTube and you're you're watching a highlight video and you're like, what? it's from the wrong year and you get irritated because you want the most recent year. That's not a question with Sanderson because, I mean, uh, Castleton, because I clicked on one. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy needs a sandwich because he's just it's just all skin and bones. And you're like, ah, oh, this guy's going to get pushed around. He looks considerably more filled out after his senior season and his highlight video that he put out. One is 12 minutes long, which is impressive, pretty impressive. Yeah. And the kind of stuff he does on it is eerily reminiscent of Mo Wagner, like. Shoots threes, drives from the perimeter, changes directions, even pulls out the Nowitzki, like, what would you call that? The pogo jumper? No, it's the, the, the Dirk. The Dirk. I mean, it's the Dirk. Dirk. It's just Dirk. Dirk. Yeah. He's, he's got the Dirk, uh, and he's probably hit it more often in that highlight video than Mo ever did in his career. Uh, and then he's, uh, he's he actually flashes that behind the back uh, drive to the basket once, too. So it's, uh, I, I, still, I still feel like he's going to need a year to, like, bulk up but well you know the the absence of any semblance of that skill set at the at, it, Teske we were talking about this in the break 
Teske in high school had three point range. So I mean, if you if you watched him, if you watched him at Michigan's <clears> camp, <throat> uh, you cover his high school games. He he shot threes. It wasn't like a an aberration. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, when he did so, so uh, he did he make threes. He and he made threes. Okay. Uh, Shooting you know, threes. Anybody it can is do. certainly has is not. Has not been a part of his game here, right. but sounds like it's it's going to be something that they try to build on uh, next year. But my getting back to Castleton with, with Mo's departure, there is a a there is a huge gap between the skill set Mo brought to the five position and what we're going to see uh, next year. That doesn't mean what we're going to see with Teske and Austin Davis is not going to be effective. It just means it's going to be different. It is, but it is going to be effective. Like uh, I put a post on the site yesterday, um, <clears throat> and if you look at high major players who played at least ten minutes a game, who are six ten or above, and you check out their steal rate and their offensive rebound rate, Teske has two competitors: one plays for Louisville, one for Duke. And other than that, he is an elite possession generator at center, and that's something that Michigan last had with Mitch McGarry. And I think you're going to see. Kind of a similar impact. Also, when he was on the floor last uh, year, uh, Michigan was six points better at two-point defense. That is a huge gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he he's his block rate was only 5.4, which isn't that impressive. But I think that that really undersells his ability to protect the rim. So mm-hmm. I think uh, you're going to see Michigan uh, improve defensively at that center spot quite a bit. And then if the you know the question is like whether the rest of the team can pick up the gap. Uh, between Moe's usage and Teske's. Because mm-hmm. Teske is never going to be a 25% usage guy. If he's at 18 next year, I'm pretty happy. He's at 16 this year. So he's um, it is going to be different, uh, and it's going to be uh, interesting to see how Michigan juggles their lineup because maybe you know, if you are going to play Castleton, that you want to pair him with Xavier Simpson. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to pair uh, DDJ's minutes with Teske. See, it's going to be it, – it's much like with Dave DeJulius, I think it's going to – he, I think he's going to overtake Eli Brooks. I just I don't see a way if he with with, with his mentality. I mean the temperament he brings to the table and his either the shooting that yeah. he brings to the table, the aggression that he brings to the table. Sure, there's going to be a learning curve like there is for every freshman. I don't think that he's going to start out the season as the backup point guard, but I don't think it'll be long uh, before he is. And so similarly, when you go over to the the five spot. Castleton and Austin Davis. That, It'll be interesting. That's the battle. I mean, Austin Davis, we don't really have much information on him because, you know, he played at Onstead, didn't really have much of an AAU career. But when he's gotten on the floor, it's usually for two minutes at a time, but he does pretty well in those two minutes. Like, you know, deed up Haas, and, you know, he always called an action at Breslin, and that didn't go badly. You know, he's he's rebounded well. Um, some of that scrub time, but, you know, the, the brief glimpses we've gotten against him, against real teams, he looks pretty decent. Give me you well, guys. You, go, ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, do you think, I think DeJulius is probably going to have a easier chance getting on the floor just because this team is going to need kind of an instant offense off the bench. I mean, you're looking at elite starting five in terms of defense, but uh, besides Jordan Poole, you know, where, where's the offense coming from? So, I mean, I think back to what Zach Irvin did as a freshman, come off the bench and hit 44% of your three-point shots. Uh, I feel like that's a little bit easier road for him to get on, because you're not going to get that from Eli Brooks, right? At least I don't no, think, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I mean, the thing about DeJulius is that he's hit 42% of his threes as a high school player and literally 
what, 80%, 90% of those were off the bounce? I would, I would love to see what Trey Young did as a, as a high school senior, too, off that, too, just for, like, a comparison. You so know? usually it's shots off the bounce are worse. Right. Uh, so if he's hitting 42% in that environment, uh, I think Michigan can definitely use him as a spot-up guy. And, you know, if you are finding you're getting deep into the shot clock, there's a lot worse things than that kind of production from three. So, <laughs> well, that kind of production from three is insane. It is. Uh, so it's uh, he's he's going to be a really interesting guy, and I you know I think he he will be a contributor pretty quickly as well. What do you guys think of 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 X or Z or whatever? Yeah, his dad calls him X. I'm going to call. I him call X. him X too. Yeah, yeah. I like so, it. I mean, I think he's not going to advance as a shooter very much. You know, it's like we've seen it is what it is. Um, he really had a much better command of the offense later in the year. Um, I think he'll I think he's close to tapped out. Like, I think he's not going to we're not going to see much more than incremental improvement, but incremental improvement from a guy who's probably the best point guard defender in the country is is, is pretty good. I just think that there are going to be certain times when you know, a guy who can really fill it up is going to be a higher priority. So it's going to be interesting to see where his minutes are. Yeah, I mean, I love X. I mean, the way he plays defense, everything. I mean, he brings everything to the court except for shooting. Like I love, and yeah. maybe that's the one thing that you know a guy like John Beeline can maybe fix. Like I, I mean, don't, I'm not optimistic, I, but I don't want X to get 35 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Like if he gets 25 minutes a game because there's an option at point guard that that can shoot a little bit and he's, you know. Defensive pest who could even go harder when he's in the ball game. I think that's that's a good level. Um, so right. having a couple of options there who, that can that can perform. Right. I mean, I, and I love X's ball handling too. I mean, that's, he's he's a big reason. I feel confident when other teams press us because of his ball handling and and to keep that turnover rate the way Michigan normally has it. So I I feel like he brings so much to the table. So I mean, we we started out talking about Castleton because Mo Wagner. <laughs> Uh, declare for the NBA draft. Uh, most mocks, I haven't seen any mock with him in the first round. Right. I don't no. know if you guys have. No. So most projections, uh, you know, have him middle of the second round. There are some outliers that have him late in the second round. Uh, but you got the pre-draft process. Uh, he could certainly boost his stock that way. Uh, you know, what do you think of his his NBA draft potential and then his potential as a pro? His defense is always going to be limiting for him. So he's probably a four in the NBA. And who's he checking who plays a four in the NBA? That's kind of like, uh, I don't know about that. Well, anyone could check Carmelo Anthony last night. Okay. Um, but, you know, Did I you think, guys see that, man? I, I didn't. Think, oh, they're I so think he's, he's a long-term bench player. Like, he's a guy who you can find 15, 20 minutes for in the NBA. But I think that's probably it, right? Like, I yeah. think he, you know, for, for, for him... I think that would act. I think that he's a guy who is who gives you the unique the unique traits that we saw here in that he you know he can be a a stretch guy that can put it on the floor and shoot it and and if he can if he can guard his position to be that that weapon off the bench that you're yeah. talking about. I mean I, I I'm like you I don't see him being you know a front line guy per se. Uh, but to give you instant offense off the yeah. bench, but you can't you can't be uh, a a sieve defensively in it. You just can't be and well, and, you can. and and last. You just play for you the can. Pistons and last. Well, 
See, I don't think that he's lights out enough offensively to be a Civ. Well, well, I mean, on a well, bad I mean, team. Let, I mean, let's. I, I, I don't Sacramento. Think I don't think Mo's reached his potential offensively, right? I mean, he hit thirty-seven percent of his threes this year. I, I think he's potentially do, do a lot you agree, better than that. Do you agree that he improved defensively over the course? Yeah, of the year? I just think that. Yeah. I mean, when he went in the previous uh, draft combine, like his arms are short. Mm. That's always going to be a, a thing, right? Like if he had arms that if he had a wingspan that was like six inches longer, that's a totally different Mo Wagner. It's Colin Castleton. Uh, <laughs> I got